Well, hello everyone. Today is Thursday, April 30th, 2020. My name is Byron Howell, and thank you for taking a few minutes uh, just to spend some time with me uh, because we're going through this series. You know, uh, I'm sure you're well aware we're in this coronavirus quarantine environment. Very difficult time. A lot of terrible things out there. You know, and, and there are some good things coming out of it. But, you know, my personal opinion on the whole, I mean, this is a terrible, terrible event. Uh, terrible financially, obviously terrible. Just many, many people getting sick. A number of people have died. And, and I personally think this is a horrible thing. Um, but, you know, we, we want to do what we can do, right? And we don't want to just just try to write this time off. We want to try to grow in the ways that we can grow. We want to try to use the time wisely, especially to the extent we have some extra time. And we definitely want to stay focused on God, you know, and, and uh, if you're a mature Christian, I just, I can't encourage you enough to spend extra time fellowshipping with God, listening, what does God have for you during this time, any changes making your life, you know, just to try to settle in and really listen to God. And, you know, if you're not a Christian or if you're thinking about reconnecting or connecting to God for the first time, you know, that's really, uh, this is a great time to do it. You know, there are so many difficult situations out there. And this is a time where I don't care who you are, I don't care what your relationship with God has been like, we need to all be hearing from God for our lives right now. And and so that's one of the things I really want to encourage in this series that I'm doing, because, you know, we do. There are statistics about people reading the Bible like never before and, you know, watching church online like never before. And a lot of people trying to connect to God right now to, to see his blessings, to see his direction in their life. And, and that's a wonderful thing. And I know God's excited about that. You know, the Bible says that every time uh, a person accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's a party in heaven that all the angels rejoice. And that's a wonderful thing. And that's because God loves you. He loves you already. No matter what you've done in your life, no matter how many mistakes you think you've made, God loves you more than you can fathom. He wants you to become one of his children by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. And, and he is in love with you. And he has an amazing plan for your life. But so, so we want to talk about how we can connect to God in our lives, how we can improve our relationship with God. And this week we've talked about a few things. You know, I really think that, that I, I want to encourage people with just an understanding of how wonderful God is. When you read the Bible, you know, especially an understanding of the New Testament where we look at that, that God put all of the punishment for all the sins that would ever be committed on Jesus, God put that punishment on Jesus, sent Jesus to the cross for us so that we would not have to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could receive the very righteousness of God, that I could come boldly before the throne of God in his own righteousness, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus did for me, that Jesus was the sacrifice for my sins, you know, and, and when you look at the Bible, it's just an overwhelming story of God's love for us. And, and God is amazing. God is wonderful. And those words don't even begin to describe how awesome God really is. But, but the next thing we started talking about was spending time reading the Word of God. You know, there is nothing on this earth quite like the Bible. The Bible is, is the written expression of God. And when you spend time with the Bible, you are spending time with God. 
And reading the Bible is one of the most important ways that we can get to know God better and improve that relationship with Him. And last night we talked about prayer and really developing an open communication, an open dialogue with God in your life and just how important that is, that God wants you to be spending time with Him. He wants you to be praying. He wants you to be talking to Him. And and really, that, that again, that's just another very important way that we connect with God. Now, now tonight... We're going to talk about church. Now, I think this is kind of a funny time to talk about church uh, because by and large, the churches are closed. I mean, I don't know that every single church in the United States of America is closed, but, but my church is closed. You know, a number of the other big churches in the area are closed. I mean, as far as I know, they're, they're basically all closed. Uh, you know, my dad is a pastor and he has a very small church. His church isn't closed. But, you know, let's face it, they have a pretty small crowd. It's not that big a deal. But, but what I'm saying is, you know, that this is a very, very, just, just an incredible time. And, you know, we've seen probably, most of you have seen the memes on Facebook. I hope I said that right. But, you know, it says the devil's saying, hey, look at this. You know, I, I've closed every church. And then Jesus says back, ah, yeah, you think you got me. But in fact, I've opened up a church in every home. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. People are watching church online. They're watching it with their kids. They're watching it with their families or whoever they're doing this quarantine, social distancing thing with. And we've been watching church at our house. Um, but, but you know, by and large, I, I think this is terrible. What can I tell you? You know, I, I miss my church. I miss being in my church. I miss kid, my kids being in the amazing youth program that we have at our church. And I miss church. And I'm not a fan of this. And I do think it's wonderful that people are watching church like never before. And I think that's great. And I pray they continue to do so. But all I'm saying is I'm ready to get back to regular church. But, but you know, uh, when we think about church, church is an important way that we connect with God and that we, we have that relationship with God. And, and fellowshipping with other Christians is actually a very important part of our relationship with God. And so I want to talk about that uh, a little bit tonight. And, and let me just say, you know, I am definitely not here to promote a particular church or to promote a particular dom- denomination. I will say that I, I go to a non-denominational church. Uh, but but in my life, I've been to churches that are a number of different denominations. You know, I think back in college when I first really, really began turning my life around for the Lord. I mean, it was really, you know, a year or two after that where I truly gave my life over. But it was in college at a Baptist church that happened to have a Sunday night Bible study where, where um, you know, I'll just tell you, the pastor said, you know, if you have succeeded in that which is not pleasing to God, you have failed in the midst of success. And that was me. And that quote hit home big time. And, uh, and I think I really, right right at that time, soon after that, began to start making changes so that I could be succeeding in my life according to God's definition of success. And that quote has always stuck with me. And that was a Baptist church. And I've spent time in Methodist churches. And I went to an all-boy Catholic high school, Jesuit, here in Tampa. And, and I have. And, you know, my family, by and large, has been kind of charismatic, Pentecostal. And that's kind of the churches we've been in, or at least I was in, especially growing up. And now I'm in, you know, basically you would consider it a a non-denominational Bible-based church. But I don't want to elevate one denomination over another. You know, I have a number of people in my family, my, my uncle and aunt and some cousins, they were Presbyterian and they converted to Catholicism. And, you know, to be honest, I don't really know exactly what that's all about. That's not the kind of decision I would make. But something about Catholicism appealed to them, and they made that choice. 
And I, I know they're committed Christians and they're awesome people and they love God. And who am I to judge? You know, my point is that different types of churches appeal to different people. Not everybody's going to love my church, you know, with kind of the, the flashy, you know, stage and this loud music and kind of the modern hip vibe that they have going. I get it. That's not for everybody. Some people want to sit in the pews and, you know, read the, uh, sing the hymns and kind of have an old school thing. And, you know, that's, that's totally cool. It's totally cool that different people like different churches or different people want to go to a church of a certain denomination. I mean, obviously we can't go too far with that. You need to be in a denomination that accepts the Bible as the inerrant uh, word of God, you know, the true divinely inspired word of God that they believe the Bible and that you need to apply the Bible to your life. I mean, that to me, that's kind of the most important thing that you would look for in a church. If your church doesn't have that, you got to go, right? Just, just leave. All right. Trust me. God will find you the right place. Someone will come and invite you to their church. Something will happen. But that's a decision that I highly recommend. If your church isn't promoting the Bible as the inerrant word of God, then it's time to find a new place. But other than that, I'm not here to, to denigrate or throw stones at any particular denomination, and I think that there's a lot of good that can come out of all those different denominations. But again, we want to take a few minutes and talk about church real quick. And, and I'll just also mention, you know, the church I go to is Grace Family Church in Tampa. And, you know, something funny happened. Uh, I was looking, we, my wife and I, we lived in St. Petersburg, and we moved back to Tampa, and we were looking at different churches, and my mom I mentioned to my mom that I might go to Grace, and she said, oh, no, that place is terrible. You don't want to go there. I know I'm throwing my mom under the bus right now, but but you know what? We went, we tried it out, and it was okay. It didn't blow my mind, but something happened, and the word of the Lord came to me. God spoke to me that Grace Family Church is the church that I have for you and your family, and and you know, and time would fail me. Now, here we are, you know, seven, eight years later, and time would fail me to tell you all the stories of all the amazing things that have happened to us at Grace Family Church. And it's just been such a wonderful place. And my point with that story is not to promote grace. My point is to say that God has a place for you. And the key thing is that you would spend time with God, you know, praying, reading the Bible, opening yourselves up to direction from the Lord, and that he would lead you into the church that he has for you. And then, you know, you're going to meet the right people, you're going to be under the right teaching, and you're really going to grow spiritually, which is one of the big reasons God wants for people to go to church anyway. But so let me read this verse. This is 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. I am right, This is Paul writing to Timothy. And by and large, 1 Timothy is about the church. I am writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. So notice what he says there. He's talking about the church of the living God. But that church there is, uh, the word is ecclesia or ecclesia. And what that word really refers to is a called out group of people. And it calls that the household of God. You see, the true house of God these days is with Christians, is with people. God now lives inside of us. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God comes and dwells inside of you. And, and you become the very temple of God. I mean, what an amazing reality. But so when he's talking about the household of God... He's talking about us. He's talking about the group of believers, the body of believers in the world today. And he calls us, the church, 
the pillar and foundation of the truth. And so, you know, it's just an amazing, amazing passage. But when we look at 1 Timothy, we have to see all of the different points that Paul's making to Timothy about how a church should operate. So my point is that the Bible does not talk about a structure, a building, a physical building structure for the church. We really don't have any biblical directions about that. But what we do have biblical directions about are the way that the household of God or the family of God or the body of believers should operate. There's a structure to it. There's a structure to leadership. There's a structure to teaching. There's a structure to the elders and all of the people. Because what God wants to do is he wants you to be with other like-minded people and begin learning about him so that you can grow in the ways of God, so that you can learn about God, so that you can mature as a Christian. And that's one of the main functions of the church. So again, we're not here to necessarily worry about a physical building. We're here to talk about a group of believers. And I get that we are the church now, but that doesn't excuse us from spending time with other believers. And let's see that in this next verse. This is Hebrews 10, uh, verses 24 through 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good needs, excuse me, good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me read part of that again. It says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We don't necessarily have a specific biblical commandment that we need to be in a particular church or that we need to go to, you know, the First Baptist Church down the street or whatever it may be. But what we do have is a very clear biblical direction that we need to be meeting together, that we need to be spending time with and fellowshipping with other Christians. And it says, you know, some people are giving that up, that, that that's the habit they've made, that they're not going to fellowship. They're not going to go to church. They're not going to spend time with other believers. And, you know, people do that for a variety of different reasons. Sometimes people get hurt. Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes, you know, there can be strife or other terrible situations and people leave church for that reason. And that's a terrible thing. But my point is what the Bible is telling us is that we need to be in the habit of meeting together. We need to be in the habit of spending time with other Christians because, look, <clears throat> that's just one of the blessings that God has for us. Spending time with other Christians is one of the blessings of God. Fellowshipping, making friends with other Christians is a blessing from God. In fact, the relationships that God has for us in this life I see my buddy Gil is watching. I mean, that's a, that's a perfect example. I met Gil in church, and, and that is a perfect example. God has awesome relationships for us. And one of the ways we find these relationships is by spending time with other believers. And that's really one of the major benefits of church. And, and so I'll also say that, you know, maybe you like to do the church at home. And maybe you like to just fellowship with your family. And I'm not here to throw stones at you either. But, but if you do not regularly fellowship with other believers, if you don't regularly spend time with other believers, 
You are missing out, right? You are missing out on a tremendous blessing that God has for you. And when you think about God's plan for your life, a major part of God's plan for your life involves other people. I mean, maybe all of it. I mean, there's certainly a part of your of God's plan for your life which involves you becoming more like Christ, which involves you maturing as a Christian. But a major, major part of God's plan is the relationships that you will have. I see one of my friends is now watching, you know, and, and she's my neighbor and lives on the street and we go to the same church. And it's just another example. God has great relationships for you and your family. That's part of his plan for your life. And that is one of the wonderful things that you will find as you start fellowshipping with other Christians. And just to put it bluntly, if you're skipping church, if you're not fellowshipping, you are going to miss out big time. All right, big time. Now, look, if you happen to see this and you live in some place where where church is, you know, forbidden or illegal or something like that, obviously that's a very different situation. But I guarantee you, if you seek the Lord, if you spend time in prayer, God will lead you to other like-minded Christians. And then you can grow together and encourage each other in those difficult situations. But, you know, I just look at the church that we've been to now all these years. And, and just I think of the amazing situations that God has brought to me and the relationships that God has brought to us over that time. And you know, what would life look like if we hadn't found that church, if we hadn't found that body of believers that we could connect with? Man, I can tell you, we really, we really would have missed out big time. So I want to encourage you in that, that, that not necessarily any specific church, or even, you know, the traditional church, but to spend time, make it a, make it a habit, make it a, just make it a point that in your life, you are going to spend time fellowshipping with other Christians because that is what the Bible teaches us we need to do. And that needs to be a part of your life. You know, let me just wrap it up by saying, you know, guys, it is my heart's desire that all of you would have a vibrant relationship with God. God loves you more than you can fathom. And to be honest, even that sounds cliche. I mean, God is madly in love with you. God has an amazing plan for your life. The more you learn about God, the closer you are to him, the more you live out of that plan, the happier you're going to be, the more fulfilled you're going to be, the more excited with your life you're going to be. I mean, there, there is a place in God. There is a place for your life that can only be found, only be found in your life with God, in your relationship with God, through his wisdom, through his direction. And I just can't encourage you enough. We've talked about how amazing God is. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about church. And we've talked about reading the word. These are really kind of four of the major points of how to connect and reconnect with God in your life. And I encourage you in all of those areas. Uh, if you're seeing this and you think of people that could use this, that could could get you some help getting started, getting started, you know, getting back to the relationship with God, please share this. Uh, over the next few days, I'll try to get it up as a one full link thing on YouTube and maybe a podcast on SoundCloud. I'll definitely post that. But I pray that this series has blessed you. And let me just say this before we sign off. If you are not absolutely sure that if you died today, you died right now, you know, I'll just make this point. I was at law school and one of the things they taught you at law school was you have absolutely no idea when you're going to die and you have absolutely no idea when anybody else is going to die. That's just the facts. And, and if you're not absolutely sure that if you died today, that you would spend eternity with God in heaven, then, then this is for you. And it's so important and it's so easy. 
the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, fallen short of, of God's standard of perfection, right? But God loves us, and God wants all of us to spend eternity with him in heaven. So he sent Jesus Christ, his own son, and Jesus lived a perfect life. He, he lived the perfect life that we never could. He obeyed all the rules, and we never could do it. And then God sent him to the cross, and he put all of our sins, all of our mistakes, everything wrong we would ever do, past, present, or future, he put them all on Jesus, and he took Jesus's perfection, and he gave it to us. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God sent Jesus to take our sins and give us his perfection. Why? So that we could come into a perfect and eternal relationship with God. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the great message of God love, God's love. The greatest expression of God's love is that he would send Jesus to die for us so that we could be with him forever. And if you don't know right now that you would spend eternity in heaven, if you don't know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then I'm going to pray right now and, and I encourage you to pray this prayer with me, and then you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are saved, that you have this relationship with God, and then, you know, the Holy Spirit comes in your heart. You can start reading, start praying. God will lead you to the fellowship, lead you to church, and, and your life will never be the same. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you right now for all the people that will see this video, that have seen it, will see it, that will see the other videos. And right now, Father, I pray that you'd speak to their hearts, that you would let them know if they're right with you or not, if they're saved or not. And if they're not saved, I pray that you would just just compel them, Father, to pray this prayer with me. And so, Father God, right now, we thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We believe that on the third day, you raised him from the dead and that he now lives with you forever in heaven. Father, we also confess that Jesus is the Lord of our lives. And we declare, Father God, that we submit to you and we submit to the Lordship of Jesus. And we pray that you will lead us and guide us all the days of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for saving us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you. I hope this message has blessed you. Please share it with your friends. Send it on. We all know a lot of people that need it. That's for sure. Hey, I needed it for a lot of years. Thank God that I got it. And God bless you, and I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.